Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 63, Keeping the Wonder with Ashley Bible. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast episode. This will be the last episode of 2019 and of this decade. We're going to be coming back to you on January 2nd with the first podcast of 2020, best year ever. And we're going to spend the month talking about teacher self-care. So we're going to be focusing on teacher self-care here at the podcast, on our Instagram account, in our membership site. It is going to be the month of getting this new year and decade started off right. If you have not signed up for the new year reboot conference, that is happening next weekend. So make sure you get in register for that. There is so much fun stuff going on, a scavenger hunt, amazing, amazing presentations. You don't want to miss out on that. If you're going to be on vacation or out of town, or you don't have the time now, of course, you can always become a member, an E2E member, and have access to all those video presentations. We have so many wonderful things happening in the membership site next year. I can't wait for January to get here to make a bunch of announcements about how we're going to take that membership site to the next step. So go to educatorstoeducators.com to learn more. As always, a quick thank you to Hand to Mind and eSpark Learning for all you do for Educators to Educators and being incredible sponsors of the E2E podcast. Today, I am talking with Ashley Bible from Keeping the Wonder. Ashley, you may know her as Ashley Bible um, on Instagram as Building Book Love. She is quite the following there. And her amazing in-person and online training she does called Keeping the Wonder for ELA middle school and high school teachers. Today, I sat down with Ashley to discuss all things teaching, her life, how she came up with Keeping the Wonder, how she likes to collaborate with other teachers to make Keeping the Wonder possible. This is just a great, fun interview. I really hope you enjoy it. I first met Ashley when she was a presenter at our first E2E New Year Reboot Conference, and I instantly just fell in love with her energy. When I think of Ashley, I think of a woman who is living her true, authentic self in her life. I love seeing Ashley on Instagram because when I see photos of her, she just radiates a joy that you rarely see in people. I see so many just stressed out people and people who are worrying about things. And I just see when I look at her, this person who is living a true authentic life, taking risks and going for what she wants. On top of that, She lives in the coolest house I've ever seen. So I'm so excited to talk to (laughs) Ashley about everything that she's up to these days and about that amazing house that she lives in. So Ashley, welcome to the E2E podcast. Hello. Thank you. That was the nicest intro ever. (laughs) Oh, well, you deserved it. So (laughs) we're going to talk today just about who you are, like what made you want to become a teacher talk a little bit about Instagram and what you're up to this these days with some of your teacher besties and um, the amazing Keeping the Wonder workshops that you've built both in person and online. So Ashley, I would love for you to start out and just tell us a little bit about you, where you live, and then we'll start talking about how you became a teacher. Okay. Uh, my name is Ashley Bobble, and you can probably tell by my accent that I 
live in Tennessee, um, in East Tennessee, um, in the mountains, and I live in this little cabin in the woods, just like you would think about when you hear Dolly Parton's song, My Tennessee Mountain Home. <laughs> Ooh, great song. <laughs> I um, have taught for 10 years. I'm currently not in the classroom this year for um, to do some personal projects and things, um, but I taught high school English for 10 years prior to this. And I also taught 10 years before I took uh, a break, which I thought was going to be a break that's now turned into many years, six years out. But I do feel like um, having 10 years experience was a really good number. I felt really okay about stepping away and working on some side projects. Do you feel the same? I do. I really love that number for whatever reason. I love that it got into the double digits. I feel confident when I say that I taught for 10 years. Um, I always thought I was going to retire from teaching and I still might. Um, so I, I never dreamed I would be saying, well, I taught for 10 years and now I'm doing this. But at the same time, I feel like it is a good amount of experience. Yeah. And I think that you're very similar to me that I thought I was going to teach all the way until I retire as well. And sometimes I think as I'm interviewing people who have transitioned out of the classroom, that that is a really good thing that you weren't like, Oh, I just, I need to get out of teaching. I, I want to get out of teaching. No, you still loved being a teacher and you could see it with everything that you were doing while you were still in the classroom. Yes, I did. And that is, that is a great point because, um, my, the last semester I taught, we were on block schedule, and my last semester students were, they tested me in, in not in a bad way, they tested me in that they were angels. <laughs> I had already made my decision before I, I got them, but I got this group of seniors who were so good. They were just like the perfect students. They made my last semester so great and it was really, really hard to leave that. I left it in a good place. I knew I wanted to still have um, passion and feel the way about teaching as I always have when I left. I didn't ever want to get to a point where I dreaded going to work, and yeah. I never did. But, yeah, that last group, they really tested my decision to leave. <laughs> Well, maybe what they did is made it made it easier for you if you ever decide to go back to do so. Yeah, yeah that's you know, true. I mean, it was a gift yes. from them. So what did you love most about teaching? Uh, what I love most about teaching is just the students. I love their energy. I love, um, I actually taught online for one year and that wasn't the right fit for me. It was okay. I am very good with technology and I, may, I was able to make creative lesson plans and I was able to reach the students and everything. But for me, it's being in the same room with a group of teenagers. Um, you just can't replicate that. You can't replicate their energy, their humor, all the little, you know, the drama, the, everything that happens within <laughs> a single school day. You just can't get that with any other profession or I definitely can't get that here at home. And I yeah. loved that. And I loved um, coming up with creative things for us to do and seeing them flourish. That was definitely the best part. 
What do you think was the most challenging? I know there's a, we, everyone that's listening to this is either a teacher or a parent. So we all know kids can be challenging, but what do you think was the most challenging part of being in the classroom? Well, with my situation, the most challenging part was the amount of time that it took to be a teacher. It's a very strict schedule and there's a lot of work that has to be done um, before and after school. And I had so many other things going on um, that it was the time that I had to put into teaching. I couldn't continue to work two full-time jobs. Um, but as far as if you're just talking about the classroom, I would say the most challenging part for me is not was not being able to reach every single student. Um, I would see, you know, almost the majority of my class engaged, and there would be that one student who was like, no matter what I tried, you know, I could never reach that student. And those popped up every year, and it's just hard when you want to be able to you know, to help everyone to, I wanted everyone to succeed and to be happy in my class and to feel like they got everything they needed for, to live in this world, you know, from English standpoint. And there were many that I felt I just never did reach. And that, that was hard. You know, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of pressure to have every single student engaged. And I, I really had a lot of students that were struggling at home with things going on and I knew I couldn't control it. And I just tried to tell myself that maybe they just weren't showing me that I was reaching them, but I was reaching them in some way. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that you just showing up every day and being there and being a happy person who was centered probably did more for them than you even realize. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. So tell us a little bit about um, your teacher Instagram account. You have quite the following. You have a really highly engaged following on Instagram. Tell us, how did you start your your Instagram account and kind of what was, when you first started, what was your mission behind, you know, sharing your story? Sure. Um, man, I should have looked this guy's name up before I got on here and I didn't and it just left me. You might know him since you're we're very much in the tech world and still are. Um, but there's this um, speaker that came to our district. He's a male and he um, is really big into technology and this could be describing like I don't know how many people at this point, but this was <laughs> this was back at um, <laughs> this was back in uh, let's say 2014 maybe something like that. Um, and he would get up there and he would play the guitar and like do all this crazy stuff. And he was so entertaining and funny. But his main message that he would go around to the schools to talk on was to share your story. He said. You know, our students and our parents are sharing stuff online. And if you never share your story, then there's only one story that people are getting. If, mm. if the Internet is constantly bashing our education system, our teachers and things like that, if, if parents and, you know, the society, if they don't see a different side to that story, if they don't see the good stuff that's happening in classrooms, then that story won't get told. Wow, and, that is so powerful. 
I know. I will have to look up his name for you so you can put it in the show notes. That's definitely not my original. <laughs> he's a, he's a um, really great speaker. And so he came to our school district and gave this speech, and it just stuck with me. And I think that same day I created a Teachergram account. Hmm. How has your Teachergram account helped you grow? So uh, when I first started posting, you know, I didn't have, you don't have any followers at the beginning, um, but I just started out just posting into the void things that people might search for eventually with a hashtag like teacher tips or teacher hack, uh, English teacher, different things. And I just tried to post positive things that were happening in my classroom and helpful, helpful strategies um, that other teachers might benefit from. And it just started to grow. Um, the teacher Graham community in general really took off as well. Um, but people really seemed to appreciate the value I was trying to put out into the world. Do you ever, does it ever stress you out? Like, do you ever feel um, like you need a break, but you don't feel like you can take one from it? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. It doesn't stress. There was a time that it stressed me out, maybe a little, um, but I'm over that now. There was a time <laughs> where I, there was a time where I thought, you know, I've consistently grown over the years, and now it feels like I'm kind of stuck a little bit um mm -hmm. and I thought that stressed me out and I thought why am I not growing you kind of take it to heart but I just realized the people who are following me they love what I post about they love my tips that I give so I don't you know really care about growing anymore as long as I can just um be with my community that I already have I love that attitude. I think there's a lot of E2E listeners to this podcast and members on our E2E membership site that ask me all the time, like, I want to grow my teacher account. And I try to share what I've learned from um, all of you about it and watching you. And one of the biggest tips I always give is like, really appreciate the, the followers that you have. Yeah. Because you're always going to want more and more and more, you know, because you feel like what you want to say is important. Um, but if you really appreciate the people who are showing up and commenting and engaging with you, that's going to be, it's going to make you feel better because you're not going to be chasing that carrot all the time. And it's going to make just for a more authentic Instagram account. So, yeah, I um, agree. And I'll also say that the way teachers are using Instagram has changed over the years as well, because mm -hmm. used to people would share, like if I posted a good idea that they liked, they would be like, oh my gosh, I want all my teacher friends to see this. So they would tag them or they would send it to them or, you know, they would post it on their own personal page. And now almost every time, it's about to say, but almost any time you see that is because people are in a share group. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of like a forced sharing now, um, which can still be authentic because you do want to spread the word, but it's, I don't think teachers share as much from other people 
now I think they just save the posts for their own personal use maybe or mm-hmm. you know they don't want to put like a picture of something school related with all the pictures of their babies you know a lot of people have, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know just use Instagram for regular family stuff and so they're not going to post whatever they did that day in the classroom that none of their friends would care about onto their page. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I've actually outside of conference time, like right now we're in conference time where we're trying to spread the word about all the conference info. But this fall, when I was kind of out of that conference season, I was using my Instagram, which we have 12.3 thousand followers right now. Mm -hmm. I'm nowhere near as big as you are, but I was really trying to seek out other teachers content um, that kind of went with the theme. So we did games in the classroom and I was going to all these hashtags looking for teachers I'd never met, know nothing about just to share what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they were so grateful for that. And they all, it also brought them followers. And, you know, some people only had a couple hundred followers and I didn't, I didn't care. Like, I think it is fun to share what other people are doing. Um, and it's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, that there are a lot of share groups now. Um, Yeah, but I love that authentic sharing like you were just talking about. Um, I love that. That's how the teacher grant community blew up so big to begin with was from that, exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying. Um, That's how my account, there there were a few teachers, I can think of one, Martina, the hungry teacher. I don't know if you know her. Uh, She teaches eighth grade but she has this she has a right now (laughs) yeah she has a huge account she's hilarious i love her um and she had a big account she's always had a big account and i always thought oh my gosh she has so many followers and i posted something that she found in a hashtag once and she just loved it and she just shared it like i didn't ask her to i didn't even i don't even know how she found it it was something harry potter related because she loves harry potter and i gained like a thousand followers from that yeah and that was all just you know organic like she loved it she wanted to share it and she shared it and other people loved it i love that so let's talk a little bit about you grew an amazing instagram account you have a successful tpt store and all of this was going really well for you. Tell us about how you came up with the idea for keeping the wonder. <laughs> okay. I, every time I tell this story, I still can't really believe it, but this is exactly what happened. I was not thinking of anything like this at all whatsoever. I was reading my favorite home blog. I love home design. And I was reading that, and my blogger, my favorite blogger, Young House Love, she had a blog post that said, the cutest children's bookstore ever. And I clicked on it, and when I clicked on it, she had these pictures of where she had visited uh, the story shop in Monroe, Georgia. And she had these pictures of this bookstore that I had never heard of, but when I saw those pictures, I immediately was just so captivated by this place that I just became obsessed with it. I started following them on Instagram. I looked at that blog post like every day. I would study those pictures. It was just this is this beautiful bookstore that captures the magic of reading with for little kids. Mm. Um, and the more 
I kept obsessing with this place. The more it just wouldn't leave, I wanted to do something there. Like I, I wanted to host something there because they have this party room where they host birthday parties. And one day I just got up enough nerve. I messaged them on Instagram and I said, I know you do children's um, birthday parties, but do you ever, you know, have adult parties? <laughs> and they're like, and they wrote back, our bookstore is for children of all ages. Oh, yeah. And I, um, I just from that, I was like, okay, I'm doing something. So I contacted three other women who I only met on Instagram, but I knew from their posts that they had the same teaching philosophy and style as me. And so I contacted them and I said, hey, I found this really cute bookstore. It's in Monroe, Georgia. None of them live close to Monroe, Georgia. I didn't either. I was like, it's like five hours away. Um, I said, would you like to host a workshop with me? And all of them said yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. And we, it's the engaging station, dot cop teaching and ride on with Miss G. And none of us had met in, in person until. I did not know that. Yeah, we had not met in person until the evening before our workshop. So we met at probably wow. like 5 p.m. And our workshop was the next morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> that Okay, let's just pause for a second here. <laughs> Appreciate so many things about this. First of all, I love that all four of you, all four of you have been E2E presenters multiple times. Yes. And for everyone listening, um, I am going to be highlighting the the win the women of keeping the wonder <laughs> uh, <laughs> at E2E this month. And we're gonna kind of bundle all of your presentations together within the membership site and have like yeah. a keeping the wonder module, which I think is gonna be super fun and super cool. Um, but what I want to highlight here is I am a big believer in taking risks. Mm. And I think we talk ourselves out of taking risks so often because we think of all the things that could go wrong. And there are so many things that could have gone wrong. And I'm sure that day there were a few little things that went wrong, but because you were willing to take a risk and these three other women were, were willing to take this risk with you, look at what you created. I yeah. mean, it's magical. Yeah, it really is. Um, what do you, um, what do you think that when you went to bed? Okay. So let me ask you this. When you went to bed the night after meeting those ladies and you knew you were doing this workshop the next day, <laughs> what were you thinking when you were going to sleep that night? <laughs> uh, the reason I'm laughing is because <laughs> I did not sleep any that night, like um, oh. not any at all. I, I am a very shy person and I was a ball of nerves. Uh, okay. But the funny thing, the reason I'm laughing is because this town is so small that it is such a cute town. Like it is the quintessential American, like, little downtown and it's so cute but they don't have anything open on Mondays so there were no restaurants that were open in the town like in the main town what? Uh, that, <laughs> I know <laughs> they close they basically closed down on Monday nights and uh we had to drive outside of town uh to find a restaurant and the only one we could find was this uh, Mexican restaurant that was like in this weird shopping center. 
And so we all go in there, all of us, to, to eat together. And I had some friends with me, and a few of them had brought, like, somebody with them, you know. And we all ate, and the food was okay, but it wasn't um, top-notch, I guess you could say. Okay. And, like, uh, <laughs> one of the drinks, we had, to, we had to send one of the drinks back because it tasted like soap. Like, they had left soap Mm-mm. in it. And it was just, you know, it wasn't the best. We were like, okay. Well, that, that night I was laying there, and I was just this ball of nerves, and, like, my, I just felt so sick. I just felt really, really sick. And I, I kept thinking, I hope it is my nerves because what if I have, what if we went there and we all got food poisoning? <laughs> oh, no. You panicked about that? I did. And I could not get it out of my head because oh. I was just feeling so nauseous. Um, but luckily we didn't. <laughs> and... We all made it to the workshop the next morning. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, little things like that can sidetrack you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So what kind of things do you do in the Keeping the Wonder? Have you done three in-persons now? We've done four in-person workshops. And what, if a teacher wanted to go to one of these workshops in person, what does that look like? What do you offer teachers? What do you do during the workshops? Yeah. So... <clears throat> We um, first of all, we pick a really good venue that English teachers will appreciate. So the first one was at this gorgeous bookstore. The second one was at the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond, Virginia. So that was really cool and creepy. It was at um, it was in October at fall time. And then the next one was this place called Shakespeare and Company. So it was this restaurant that had all this cool like renaissance slash victorian type decorations um and it was in lexington kentucky and that one was a really great one and then this past one we had at a castle in uh close to uh, salem massachusetts so we we try to pick venues that are really special that are kind of literary themed and then we design a a we design our strategies that we're going to teach them around a common theme. Um, the past two that we did, we invited guest presenters for the first time. We um, had people apply, and then we chose guest presenters, and so that was great to get to bring in some other people into the workshop. Um, and when people arrive that day, we try to make them feel. Like it's this special celebration type of a day instead of PD. We want it to not look like PD at all. We want it to be this really fun learning experience that we're trying to promote for them to do in their own classroom. So we take them through the strategies. They do the strategies. We give them lots of ideas. We always try to have like a coffee bar or happy hour after it's finished you know, like little perks that you would never get at a, you know, in-service. I love that. And you can do so much more when you're not doing a professional development within a school district, right? I mean, I worked for five years in ed tech in which uh, there was a lot of PD happening within school districts, and you have to make sure you're meeting all of their requirements and and there's definitely a place for that but the beauty of what you're doing and frankly what we're doing with our online conferences is that 
no one's really telling us that we have to do things a certain way. And so you get to be really creative. Yes. But I will say that we have received so much feedback from teachers, so many positive um, comments about that it's the best PD that they have been to. And so now the more, and they'll, and they'll tell us why, not just because it's fun, but they'll tell us everything they've learned. And yep. because of that, um, a lot of principals are uh, jumping on board and allowing or and even paying for their teachers to come to our workshops. So that's amazing. Yeah, I love. That. Yeah, you've definitely I mean, I feel like you live in a life of wonder. Like you guys, if you do not follow Ashley on Instagram, <laughs> just your house and when you do tours and you show your office and um all of the magic, you just live this really magical life. And I feel like you're bringing that, when I said in the beginning, you're living an authentic, true life. That's what I mean. I think that when we look deep into who we are as people and what makes us up and makes us unique, that's where we can really find something to contribute to the world mm -hmm. that's unique. And I feel like you've really, truly done that. Um, and I love that you are now online. So will you tell all of us about your online course that teachers can take? Yeah, we really, really rejected the idea of an online course for this. Like with your online PD that you offer, it's um, the topics are different and they are... Yep a wide variety and you know just any all in types of different helpful stuff but for us it had always been about the venue and yes. like the experience of being together um and so we really resisted the online options but we had so many requests of teachers who said please I just want the content. I, I can't make it to the live event, but I would love to have the content. And we finally decided to make it happen. And it was a great decision. Um, it took a lot of effort to film. We, we back filmed, so it's not like we could go back to that story shop and film ourselves. You know, that had already right. passed a year. Yep. So we had to set up in our offices, um, we had to recreate what was there in our sessions in our within our offices. And we did not know how teachers would receive it. We did not know if it would lose its specialness of, you know, being there and stuff. But they have received it so well. They thank us all the time for the strategies that that are in our workshop. Um, and even though they don't get to experience it live, they get to re-watch the videos as many times as they need to. So each year, if they wanted to refresh uh, before the school year, they could re-watch them all. And it's just been a really good addition. I really can, re I really understand what you're saying about the in-person versus virtual, right? Mm -hmm. Like you really did think about your venues and making that magical. And I think mm -hmm. it's great that you're gonna have both um, so that people who maybe don't have the opportunity to go in person can get part of that magic at home. Yeah. Um, well, that's the difference. They, they don't get the magic 
of that experience, but they get all the magic that we are trying to teach teachers to take back to their classrooms. You know, even though we do want to create a special day for teachers, it's ultimately about the students. And as long as we're giving them those strategies that they can take back to their classroom, that's the most important thing. And filming is hard work. (laughs) I mean, I I always say that in my welcome video to the virtual conferences is like, thank you to the presenters because it is really hard work to get everything set up, the lighting right, make sure you're you're not, you know, you got to edit out things if you trip on your words or you forget something. And it's, it's really hard work. I, I have really thought of E2E as a place to bring teacher leaders together and give them a platform for showing what they know. Mm -hmm. And I really believe in supporting all of you that have contributed to E2E and what you're doing out there. And I hope that teachers come to E2E and experience different things and then learn about things like keeping the wonder, wonder and that we're like, I personally have a passion for bringing leaders together, bringing teachers together, and then in turn seeing them work independently from E2E with one another. Hmm. Uh, And so I just love what you guys are doing. And I want to stress that if any of you are high school teachers, um, you should definitely go check out um, Keeping the Wonder and see if it's a good fit for you for either the in-person or um, online that's coming up. Yeah, Uh, and and, uh, middle school, high school and middle school. High school and middle school. Sorry Mm -hmm. about that. High school and middle school. Um, You should go check out the presentations from all. I'll link all of them. And then again, E2E members, I'm going to bundle them together for you. Even if you're an elementary school teacher, I'm even thinking about, gosh, your presentation about tidying up your classroom. Abby Abby did a great presentation about... um, she did a great presentation about like building a class from scratch, like a yes. curriculum from scratch. Yeah. Stacy did a really good one about um, engage, like uh, coming up with engaging like lessons that don't aren't a, a bunch of work and don't cost a ton of money. <laughs> And Jenna did a fabulous one about um, like going back to get your doctorate and what that looks Mm -hmm. like. So you guys have all contributed, I mean, and many more, but so much to E2E. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the relationships with all of you. And I'm so grateful um, to just know you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us on there. We've loved being a part of it. And yeah, a lot of our presentations, I know the, the last one I did for you, it is about, it's basically all about wonder. It's like this, my number one little tip that I'd like to give that is zero prep, zero money, but it creates a huge impact in your classroom. So uh, I hope they check that one out. Yes, that's a very good one. Very <laughs> good. Um, okay, so I want to wrap this up with saying that this has been a big year of change for you. And I would mm-hmm. love to have you share with all of us what has this transition and what you're learning, what you're doing, what has it really taught you about yourself personally and professionally? I will say that I have always been an introvert and I've always been a shy person, a quiet person. A lot of people could not imagine that I would become a teacher because of that. Um, But it's a little bit different scenario when you're teaching, um, because you're in your own little environment that I had a lot of control in. 
Um, and I loved the energy from the students. Yeah, at the end of the day, I would come home and I may, you know, might not talk to my husband for a little, I might, might zone out a little bit, right, you know, for a few minutes before we have our conversations. But for the most part, they, they gave me energy. Um, so now I'm by myself, like I'm in my little office in the woods, and I've learned that even though I, I am an introvert, I have still got to get out. I still have to mm. schedule conversations like this. I still have to uh, go work in coffee shops and try to meet up with people um, because it can get lonely by yourself. Yes, it can. You're right. What have you um, learned about yourself? What else have you learned about yourself? Maybe kind of on the professional side, have you stretched your professional boundaries in any way? Yeah, I have made it a goal to present at least once a month in person. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so far that has happened. Um, I have applied at different places. I just came back from a literacy conference and I presented on using podcasts in the classroom. And Beautiful. that's something I would have never imagined that I would do is be a presenter. And sometimes my voice still shakes when I get up there in front of my peers. But the more I do it, yeah, I still get really nervous. And I, every time I'm like, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> but I always gain something from every single time I do it. I, I get a little bit better. I learn how to control my nervousness a little bit more. And I gain more confidence because... I usually plan things that are very, very helpful, but also grounded in research, and teachers receive it well, and they, they build my confidence. They, they tell me that I did a great job and that they're going to use this stuff immediately, and then they'll tag me when they use it, and it's, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I would love to just end with something Right now, I'm, I feel like no one else is listening to this, and it's just you and I talking. So I want to end with this little piece of advice for you. Mm. And it goes to a little bit of a story of, and first I have to set this up with saying that something my husband has taught me in our many years of marriage is that I'm a person who comes off so confident. Mm. And that I walk into a room and I just seem like the most confident person but I also have insecurities and I also get nervous. Yes, I could stand up in front of a room of 10,000 people and speak, but just because I do come off as confident, I do feel nervous and insecure sometimes. And so um, one time I was flying to California to give a huge presentation for my company and I was feeling a little nervous about it. And I got to talking to this flight attendant on the flight on the way over there. And she like, kept bringing me free drinks. And so I was like, why do you keep giving me free drinks? And she's like, listen, this job is really hard. And every flight I stand up and we do our announcements and I find one person on the airplane who makes me feel appreciated. And it's maybe that they listen to me while I'm going over the safety instructions or they smile or they say, thank you. And she's like, you are my person today. 
And she's like, the whole flight, I just focus on that person's energy and what they're giving me and that they appreciate me. And so I don't feel the heat of anyone else that maybe is in a bad mood or maybe yells at me or maybe doesn't like me, you know? And I thought about that for weeks and weeks. Like I'm still thinking this was years ago. Yeah. And the lesson I learned from that is I can take that into my everyday life. So there are still events that I get invited to as the founder of E2E, where it is a room full of people that I've never met. And I have to walk in there and mingle. Hmm. And I'll go into the bathroom, look myself in the mirror and just say, this is uncomfortable. You know, no one, but find your one person in the room. And so it's what I do. And then if I have to get up in front of tons of people, I find my one person that's making eye contact. When I'm putting a podcast out there, I think to myself, there's one person on the other end of this that is smiling and loving this. And if I can do that, that's all that really matters. And I think for you, you're learning that through pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and getting in front of people, Ashley. Like every time you stand up to speak, you're impacting a lot of people, but you're at least impacting one. And at the end of the day, that's great work. That is such a great story and such a great uh, bit of advice. It can also apply to the classroom. There's always that one student, like the trapper keeper girl, who is like always making eye contact, nodding her head, taking copious notes. <laughs> yeah. That's who I'm teaching to. <laughs> yeah. And if that's, if that's what makes you on the day that you don't feel like going to school for whatever reason, if you can get up and out of your bed and go and put on, you know, your best performance possible for that one kid, it's, you're going to impact a lot more. But I just wanted to share that with you because I really do believe that you have a lot of special talents and gifts and it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. So keep finding those people and keep giving because you have a lot to give. Thank you so much. I'm usually not the one to give advice to my podcast guests, but I really believe in Ashley and I really believe in that story I told about that flight attendant and what she taught me. I want all of you to go into this new decade brave and finding that one person that you want to impact. Because if you're impacting one, you're probably impacting a lot more than you think. I wanted to let you know that in January, we are focusing on teacher self-care. Uh, within Instagram, our podcast, on the membership site. I wanted to let you know that in January on our Instagram account, I'm going to step kind of out from behind the E2E shadow and talk about some personal things around self-care, how I really have gotten through the hardships that I've been through in this last decade and some of the lessons I've really learned and how I've come to really, really believe in myself reconnect with some old passions and how I really do live my days every day with happiness and joy. So I'm excited to kind of step out from behind those E2E shadows and share a little bit more personal content on our Educators to Educators Instagram account in January. So if you're not following us, make sure to head over there. And until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on.